I don't have to say it Cause we both know it's true I wouldn't have nothing if I didn't have Wouldn't have nothing if I didn't have Wouldn't have nothing if I didn't have you Welcome to Sup Media Reviews, the podcast that never needs spoiler alerts because it takes you back in time to relive the nostalgia of classic TV shows and films that you've probably already seen. I'm your host, Kiara, and each week I'll dive into the archives to bring you my take on movies and TV shows from at least 20 years ago. From cult classics to forgotten gems, I'll review them all and give my honest opinion on their impact and whether or not they still hold up today. Join me as we revisit the iconic characters, memorable moments, and timeless themes that made these shows and films so special. So take a break from adulting and get ready for a trip down memory lane with Sup Media Reviews. What's up, Home Slices? Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Sub Media Reviews. I'm Kiara, and I'm super excited to review the 2001 Disney Pixar film Monsters, Inc., featuring the voices of John Goodman, Billy Crystal, Mary Gibbs, and Steve Buscemi. Today, we have another super special guest. I want to introduce you to my amazing and beautiful sister, Arabia. Say hi, Arabia. Hi, everyone. Home Slices, what's up? <laughs> so yes, Arabia is my younger sister. Thanks so much. Welcome to my podcast. And I'm so happy that you're here reviewing this movie with me today. So both of us are going to share our thoughts on this childhood classic. But before we do, here are a few fun facts about the movie. Mary Gibbs, the child actor who voiced Boo, was so young that it proved difficult to get her to stand in the recording studio and act her lines. So instead, they simply followed her around with a microphone and cut Boo's lines together from the things that she said while she played. I did not realize that Boo was voiced by an actual child. Oftentimes there are adults who usually do <laughs> the voices of children, but at the time I think she would have been like three or four years old. So that's kind of cute having to chase around a toddler all day to <laughs> gather little sound bits. Probably hectic too, but I didn't know that either. Yeah, so the second fun fact is that Billy Crystal was originally offered the role of Buzz Lightyear in Toy Story back in 1995. So Billy Crystal, of course, did the voice of Mike Wazowski. He declined the role of Buzz Lightyear, and he later regretted it after seeing the film because it would have been a great opportunity for him. They would later promise Crystal a future role in a Pixar film that would tailor to his talents. So Billy Crystal told them that it to do what's best for your movie and don't forget get me when something good comes around. So later in the 1990s and early 2000s, Billy Crystal's wife received a phone call from John Lasseter, who told him that Mr. Lasseter would like to speak with you, which allowed him to voice Mike in Monsters, Inc. in 2001. So he originally would have been Buzz Lightyear, but that eventually went to Tim Allen. So it was a missed opportunity. Okay, and the final fun fact is that Jennifer Tilly, who plays Celia May, was married to Sam Simon, who was one of the creators of The Simpsons. She raved to the Pixar crew about a script she read written by a Simpsons director for an animated film. The director 
was Brad Bird, and the script was for the movie The Incredibles, which became a Pixar film three years later. So Celia in this movie, of course, is Mike Wazowski's girlfriend, and the actor who played her raved about a script that eventually, three years later, became The Incredibles. Now, I think I was like beginning to age out of Disney Pixar films when The Incredibles came out. I thought it was a good film or whatever, but it's interesting how they make these little connections between people and things just kind of come out of it. All right. If you want to check out Monsters, Inc., you can watch it on Disney Plus as of the recording of this episode. So Arabia, I remember you loving this movie as a kid. Can you tell me about your personal connection to this film and why you love it? I'm realizing I was four. This came out in 2001, so I was four when this came out. I don't remember. You're like the same age as Boo. I know. That's cool. I didn't realize that (laughs) until I looked today. I don't remember the first time I saw it, but I've seen this movie so much to the point where like, I mean, my younger sister, she used to love it even more than I did to the point where she didn't know how to read, but she knew what it looked like when it was like on the guide on the TV. And I would try to scroll past it really fast so she wouldn't see it because I've already watched it probably three times that day. And so she would be like, <laughs> no, that's Monsters, you know, I mean, Monsters, Inc. I saw it. I saw it. And she, I, but she, I couldn't convince her any other ways or she would cry. So we'd watch it. So I've seen this. I don't know. I couldn't tell you how many times I've seen this, but it is... It's a great movie. It's a fun way to like scary monsters in your closet to like not make you scared, you know, because I was afraid mm-hmm. of my closet and it would always have to be closed. So this was like a cool story to like twist that childhood fear you kind of had. Yeah, I agree with all of that stuff. Like my own personal connection. By the time this movie came out, I think I was out of that phase of like being scared of monsters or whatever. Mm -hmm. I was 11, still a child, but like a little bit older. And first off is Disney Pixar played a huge role in my childhood. Freaking love Disney Pixar. Some of the best, you know, more iconic movies come to mind when I think about, you know, that combination. I think that the movie is hilarious and it has kind of adult humor kind of mixed in a little bit, particularly Billy Crystal's style or like Mike Wazowski's style of humor. Mm -hmm. There's certain things that only an adult would really get, which is always fun. It makes the movie like even fun to watch as an adult. And prior to watching Monsters, Inc. for this review, I hadn't seen it in a few years. When's Mm -hmm. the last time you watched it? I was trying to remember. And once I watched it, it's been some time for me. It's been a few years because I was like, I don't remember this part. Or I was like, oh, wow, I realized I haven't watched it in a long time. So it was yeah, fun. It's been a few years for me. It was like a fresh yeah. watch. And I like laughed like I never seen it before. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes, me too. And so, you know, I love a good alternate universe. It's another reason why I like this particular movie, like an alternate universe that explains, oh, where the monsters in your closet come from. Mm-hmm. Like, that's like really cool to me. And I like that the characters all looked very different. They all yeah. had like their own special features. They were like super diverse. Some of them were big, small, had claws, had like their own little quirks or whatever about them. And on a more adult note, I like how the film explores how like struggling businesses can face ethical challenges (laughs) (laughs) and like the importance of having integrity in the business world. So like, you know, Monsters, Inc. actually is going through a tough time right now and it's making them do things that maybe are not the most ethical. So like kidnapping children. (laughs) Yes. So that's the thing that comes up. Right. And then the other thing is like, the theme of exploring things for yourself instead of just listening to what other people tell you, mm-hmm. particularly when it comes to like people who are different from you and like their irrational fear of children and thinking about how toxic they are and, you know, what they have been told over and over again and what they believe. 
about children versus what's like actually true. Right. And so that's another thing that comes up and like learning to care about people who are different from you. So yeah, those are some of the reasons why I love this movie. We watched this movie so much as children. If you had VHS, this VHS tape was a different color. It was blue. Yes. Yes. So I had it back when it was on VHS. Arabia, do you remember how you used to say the name of this movie when you were little? <laughs> no, but I've been told. I don't remember saying it like <laughs> this, but I've been told many times. <laughs> Dad always says that Arabia will say Mozink. <laughs> I don't remember that at all, but that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, so that's enough exposition. Right now, we're going to actually get into like the meat and potatoes of the film. We're going to walk through it and talk about this iconic childhood movie. So in the opening sequence of this movie, we have a little little jazzy version I actually forgot about this. Like, I enjoy watching the opening sequences mm-hmm. of movies and films. But this one features, like, artwork from the doors. And we see monsters going through the doors. And we hear a jazzy version of the song, Wouldn't Have Nothing If I Didn't Have You. And so, of course, if you watch opening sequences, they usually kind of explain the themes if you pay close enough attention to them. And so next we see a kid who is in a two-parent household being, like, sent to bed by his parents. They say goodnight to him the lights go off and then we hear a door creaking which is obviously the closet and the child is like kind of freaking out because there's weird noises we see a weird arm poking out of the door and the kid has to do like a double take and then it's a sweater and it's like you didn't notice that the door was completely closed before (laughs) okay i guess And then we see a whole bunch of shadows and then we see like these weird eyes glowing under the bed. The monster rises up and is ready to scare this child. The kid screams and then the monster gets scared and he falls over a ball and this this crazy situation where he falls on a bunch of jacks that are on the floor and has to scooch his butt like the butt scoot, the booty scoot that like dogs do (laughs) on the carpet to try to get the, the jacks out. And we see that it's a simulation And so there are cameras and there's an instructor there and she's like, you made like a a mistake. Can anybody identify what the mistake was? And this class is so unenthusiastic. They don't know what's going on. They look bored out of their minds. Nobody's responding to the instructor and she plays it back and it turns out he left the door open. And leaving the door open is the biggest mistake any employee can make because, (laughs) and he's like, oh, it could let in a draft. No, it can let in a child. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes, Mr. Waternoose. Yes. And so we see Mr. Waternoose, who is actually one of the scarier, I believe, one of the scarier looking monsters. He's crab-like. His bottom half is absolutely a crab. His top half is like a chunky old man. He has weird teeth. He's scared. But you can tell that he is an older monster who lets us know that children are toxic and deadly. And he's not all the way wrong. Like, children are gross. (laughs) (laughs) They don't really have, like, the best hygiene. If you ever went to daycare or know of daycares, they are consistently transmitting colds and pink eye and ringworm or whatever to each other they're pretty gross so he's not 100 percent wrong okay but they're not like toxic and deadly in the way he's talking about them so yeah he basically says that a single touch could kill you so we learn that at monsters inc it's a power company arabia how does monster inc contribute to their universe's power 
So basically, I guess they figured out that making children scream can be used as a power source to like fill up these like capsules they use to capture the energy to power their city. And they're actually on a power shortage. And so they've been trying to push out these screams and get a bunch of them so they won't so they can fix their problem. Yes. One thing I did not remember is Mr. Waternoose is talking to these recruits, right, who are practicing scaring at this time. And he's like, this is dangerous work, but somebody's got to do it. Somebody like James P. Sullivan. And I was like, I didn't remember that about scarers being like heroes, basically. They are going into the human world and braving being touched by a toxic child Mm -hmm. and scaring them in order to like make sure that our homes have power and energy or whatever. They came across as almost like astronauts, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, an astronaut would be considered a hero. But I didn't recall that from the movie. So... Yeah. So we we're laying a base. We know what Monsters Inc. does. We know what the scarers do. And now we go to Mike Wazowski and James P. Sullivan's apartment. Mike Wazowski is voiced by Billy Crystal. James P. Sullivan is voiced by John Goodman. Perfect and choice. Yes, yes, it is. And so Mike wakes up Sully and they do their morning training exercises. And we see that Mike is basically Sully's coach and hype man Mm -hmm. (laughs) and they go through a a number of training exercises and we see that there's a commercial for monsters inc that comes on and sully is featured proudly in the commercial and mike gets featured in the commercial as well but the monsters inc logo covers up his round body and so sully is like oh you know I'm, i'm sorry about that but Mike is like, can you believe it? I was on TV. Like, <laughs> he does not care that they covered up his face. He is like just so proud that he was featured there at all. The training scene is like one of the memories for me when he's like practicing different ways they're going to roar at the children. He's like in a bunk bed and Sully goes, ah, ah. and I used to crack up when I was little. I used to love that part. It's my favorite. Yes. Yeah. Super cute. Scary feet. Scary yeah. Feet, scary feet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you see there's like actual techniques, right? Like you actually have to train mm-hmm. to become like a good scarer, right? So I also love their slogan. We scare because we care. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And the commercial also highlights that they're going through an energy crisis mm-hmm. right now. I also want to point out that they're saying that this type of energy is clean energy, which is kind of funny considering how we're trying to transition to more clean energy in our own <laughs> in our own universe but right. i guess scaring children is considered clean energy that's fun so yeah so on their way to work it's a work day and we see the monster neighborhood and mike wants to take his car but because of the scream and slash energy shortage sully's like no we're gonna walk to work today and mike is not happy about that he's like i bought this car so i could drive it and sully's like no we gotta do we have to contribute and make sure that we're walking to work and i work so far away that would never happen but (laughs) a lot of (laughs) a lot of places are developing better public transportation these days so this is just a plug that if you can use public transportation or a bike or something and do your part for the environment okay even sully's doing it (laughs) so as they're going through the neighborhood we see all the monsters of different ages and shapes and sizes and differing abilities we see one of them's eating garbage another person is breathing fire there's another one that's like gelatinous that goes through the sewer grates which is pretty (laughs) funny 
But then there was something that I did not notice as a child that I thought was very funny that I noticed this time. There's a local produce store that they pass by and they see like the guy who runs the produce store is like sacking his produce. And his name is Tony and they talk to him and they're like, oh, Sully's really close to breaking the all time scare record. And the name of the store is called Tony's Grocery, but it's spelled G. R-O-S-S-E-R-Y, like gross, <laughs> instead of grocery. I, was, mm-hmm. I thought that was very funny. So we're learning little things about them. So they're on their way to breaking the scare record. And so they're at Monsters, Inc. We see it's a big corporation. We still see all the variety and the different monsters. And we see that Sully has been scarer of the month for basically like the whole year. And there's like these two little... I don't even think they have names, Arabia. If you know they do, I don't think they do. There's these two like little adoring fans that like are basically kind of like janitors at Monsters, Inc. That, yeah, go up to Sully and they're like, hey, like we're rooting for you. And Mike is like, "Uh uh-uh, you're breaking his concentration, (laughs) like back (laughs) up. So Sully is like a big deal. Like people in the neighborhood know him. He's on the commercials. Sully is a superstar, right? Like, so that's important to the story. And so... At this point, we meet Celia, a.k.a. Googly Bear, and she she and Mike are in a relationship, and Mike's pet name is Smoopsy Poo. <laughs> or is it the other way around? Anyway, it's Smoopsy Poo and Googly Bear, mm-hmm. and it's Celia's birthday, and Mike got them reservations to this super amazing, it looks like a hibachi slash sushi place called Harryhausen's, mm-hmm. and they move on to the locker room. Mike and Celia are very in love. And so we move on. We see them in the locker room. And basically, Mike is saying that Celia is the one. He's very in love with her. It's actually very sweet to see, considering how they're totally different monsters <laughs> from each other. Right. I like her design. Her her design oh, is yes. having snakes in her hair. And she's like tentacle legs. And they're snakes. They're like have their own personality it's cute i like her she got one eye like him so they got that in common, yeah at least <laughs> yeah that's true that's true like this is super cute yes so they're in the locker room they're talking and this is where we meet randall randall is a camouflaging salamander-esque villain voiced by steve buscemi and he is in competition to be the top scarer with sully he's literally like right behind him on the scoreboard now i feel like some older people might know this according to some of the stuff I read when I was researching this a little bit John Goodman and Steve Buscemi are in a lot of movies together and John Goodman actually had to push for him to do the voice of Randall apparently they've been in a lot of movies that have been directed by the Coen brothers and I can't name any of those but apparently (laughs) their careers (laughs) their careers have kind of followed each other so John Goodman helped Steve Buscemi get this job which is great because he does a great job at voicing Randall he does I didn't realize that was him until I watched it this time I didn't pay attention but I was like oh that's who that is yeah yeah you notice a lot of things when you get (laughs) get older right Yeah. So now we see Mike Wazowski is connecting with Roz. Roz is like a little slug old lady monster (laughs) who seems to be doing like a lot of administrative work, paperwork and stuff like that. 
and she has the weird nasally voice like always <laughs> watching yes <laughs> <laughs> so you can tell that she has like a really adversarial relationship with mike because mike does not do his paperwork she's like real no nonsense and she's always watching and she's like <laughs> make sure you do your paperwork okay but it's time for the workday to start and we see that each scarer has an assistant and that assistant does things like prep the canisters, make sure the doors are ready so that the scarers can do their work. The doors arrive on this like advanced conveyor system. And today, this particular day is for the Eastern Seaboard. <laughs> so apparently they <laughs> scare in regions, <laughs> which is kind of funny. And so the scarers walk in like heroes. Again, it's very astronaut-esque, like watching astronauts get ready to like board a rocket or something and they prep for scaring some of them have claws some have big teeth spikes some have crazy eyes they're all very diverse and children are paired with the monsters that are most likely to scare them so we see that Sully is only a little bit ahead of Randall on the scaring scoreboard but Randall's being like a really bad sport about it like Sully when he goes to work it's like fun for him he's right. like you know make the may the best scarer win and Randall's like oh I intend to <laughs> he's <laughs> like you can tell Randall's just got like somebody threw some salt in his game or something so Randall of course is also being mean to his assistant who's a weird looking thing named Fungus <laughs> who has like the backwards knees, those always bothered me. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, if you look at an ostrich, you'll see how their knee is like backwards or like the joint is backwards. So like, if you're a human, your knee, like when you walk forward, it bends. Mm-hmm. But for like an ostrich, it's the opposite and it freaks me out. <laughs> so, I can actually push my knees like that. I can't walk like it, but I can push them in. <laughs> yeah, it's very strange. I hate that. But yeah, he's like Randall's little flunky and he has no guts and <laughs> Randall just pushes him around a lot he's really mean to him so they're all going on about their business they're doing their scaring they're collecting the screams and we see there's a guy named Jerry it's hard to describe what his role is but he kind of like runs the scare floor and like keeps the numbers and quota and we see that Jerry is talking to Mr. Waternoose and saying they might actually make their quota for the first time in a month and you just see how worried Mr. Waternoose is about the production level being low mm-hmm. and then we have an issue with the monster who <laughs> comes out of the room crying basically and his assistant is like what's going on and he's like the little girl almost touched me the assistant is like well she was just sick she was <laughs> she was only six <laughs> The monster is just freaking out and they end up having to shred the door because once a child gets to a point where you can't scare them anymore, their door is basically useless. So that door gets shredded and we find out that they already lost 58 doors that month and kids are not getting as scared as they used to because they're desensitized by all the crazy stuff that they see on television. So that's another (laughs) contributor to the energy crisis. Do you believe that that's true? Kids don't get scared as easily as they were before i don't know like i guess when i was little i still didn't have all the like technology and all the stuff that's on tv as much but so i was scared of my closet in the dark and under the bed but i haven't been around any children to know firsthand if they're scared at night but i feel like the dark is still something to be afraid of so maybe they're still little but as it's like monsters they probably think it's cool 
Yeah. I don't know. I think there's like a little bit of truth to that point. I think it may be like the timeline for children to be scared is like shorter. Maybe. Yeah. So like, yeah, instead of being scared up until like you're in first grade, maybe you're only scared up until pre-K or kindergarten, something like that. Oh, also, people are not having as many children as they used to have. So. <laughs> The population of children has gone down, too. Why didn't you think of that, Monster Inc.? But anyways, <laughs> yeah, so now we see that Randall scares a kid and has like 15 seconds of fame as the top scarer because he surpasses Sully's, you know, scare count. But then Sully scares a bunch of kids at a slumber party. And of course, he's back on top again. So we see that there's some conflict there because Randall is always being beat by Sully and Sully is unbothered. <laughs> Completely not shaking at all. He's just having a good time. Yes, Absolutely. Okay, so we see another scarer named George. He gets a 2319 called on him <laughs> because there's a kid's sock on his back. So a 2319 is basically a code for where something that belongs to a human child has contaminated a person or I guess an area. And when the 2319 gets called, the CDA comes in. And CDA stands for Child Detection Agency. And a bunch of monsters come in in like these hazmat-like suits and they got to decontaminate the area and any monsters that came in contact with any child human belonging. So they blow up the sock, they vacuum the ashes up, they shave, shower, and decontaminate George. And George is like a little naked little <laughs> mole Traumatized. <rat. laughs> Yes, completely traumatized, like basically shaved and stripped in front of everybody. (laughs) And now the scare floor has to be closed for 30 minutes so that they can reset everything. And of course, Mr. Waternoose is worried about productivity. He's like, it's like it's out of commission for 30 minutes. Like, what else can go wrong? And then Mr. Waternoose pours the nastiest looking cup of coffee. (laughs) It's like chunky and sludgy. It looks so bad. But we learned that Sully actually learned a lot about scaring from Mr. Waternoose and looks up to him. And Mr. Waternoose kind of looks and dotes on, you know, Sully. And he's like, we got some new recruits and they stink and they need some inspiration. Like, can you come and do a scare demonstration? And of course, Sully agrees. So... Mike and Sully have like a great day that day. They think they're a day away from beating the scare record. And it's the end of the workday. They're back in the locker room. Mike needs some (laughs) odorant. (laughs) which is very funny i even got that joke as a child because by 11 i was wearing deodorant (laughs) i didn't take a funny until like this time i was like odorant that's not the correct thing (laughs) but for a monster it is (laughs) yes yes and he finally settles on the wet dog odorant Mm, that's horrifying (laughs) wet dog is such a bad smell yeah, it's such a horrifying smell. I like the little details of like how they're monsters and they don't like things like we would. So they got odorant, they got chunky coffee, and mm-hmm. it's pretty interesting. They're details for this movie. Yes, absolutely. So at this point in time, since it's after work, Mike is just really excited about the romantic date that he has with Celia. But Roz interrupts his happiness when she's like, oh, I hope you got that paperwork done. And... Mike is like, if we don't get to the restaurant in five minutes, they're going to give away my table. I don't know what I'm going to do. And Celia is like, hey, you ready to go, Googly Bear? <laughs> and he, he's like, mm, well, like he doesn't know what to do. Sully steps up as his best friend, of course. And he's like, oh, Mike was just reminding me about some paperwork. And so 
Mike is getting pulled away and he gives him some last minute instructions. So he's like, the pink ones go to accounting, the fuchsia ones go to purchasing, the golden rod ones go to Roz and leave the puce. And I, I am 32. I don't know what puce is. <laughs> he later says that and it's pretty funny. <laughs> yes. And I'm, I'm about to look it up right now because I have no idea. My guess is it's some type of purple. I would think so. <laughs> okay. Puce is of a dark red or purple brown color. So how do you even spell puce? <laughs> okay. Puce colors, <laughs> monsters ink. That's what popped up on the <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Okay. Dark red or purple brown color. I feel like that's too many variants. Is it dark red or is it purple brown? What is right. it? I don't know. <laughs> the color that's showing up here is like like a pinkish like a pink. lavender is what's coming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I'm getting here. So that's what Puce is, y'all. You're welcome. <laughs> um, <laughs> so as Sully is going back to the desk to pick up the paperwork for Mike, he sees a white door with pink flowers on it that has a light on. And so the little red light means that the door has been activated and it will now lead to the human world. And so Sully is really suspicious because it's after hours. The doors are all supposed to be put up. Like, what's going on here? So he's about to send the door back. But he's like, oh, what if there's somebody in here? So he sticks his head in the door and he tries to check to make sure that there's no monsters inside. And when he sees there's no monsters inside, he turns around because there is a tiny child playing with his tail. <laughs> she's so unbothered. She's just <laughs> like, she's seen this all the time. Ooh. <laughs> yes. Not scared at all. Sully is like, how, like 20 times bigger than her. And she's just picking up his tail and dropping it on the floor. And then she basically says like, boo. <laughs> and he starts freaking out because again, they think children are toxic. And so there's this weird, crazy scene that happens where he keeps trying to put her back into her room Mm -hmm. and she keeps popping up (laughs) in other places. And that's one of the things about this. Like, first off, the whole movie is unrealistic monsters, whatever. Right. But it's like, how is this girl so evasive? (laughs) Like, I understand that toddlers are really like fast but she is appearing in spots where she's not so like a ninja she's a ninja <laughs> yes yeah she's a, a little ninja child and so he's freaking out he's trying to put her back in the room there's a point where he gets caught up in a lot of her stuff there's like a blanket that's on his back there's a mobile that he ran into that's on his head <laughs> there's the quacking ducks that are on a rope is attached to his tail <laughs> and he's like he also sees that somebody's about to come into the scare floor so he has to leave real fast So he takes all of that stuff, goes back to the locker room and tries to flush it down the toilet because if anybody sees it, he's going to get 2319 and he's not into that. He tries to flush it down the toilet. Of course, toilet gets stopped up (laughs) and he has to put this wet stuff inside a random open locker. And then he turns around and we see that the little child is on his back. (laughs) clinging to him it's funny (laughs) yes and he finally realizes it it freaks out and she is like chasing him (laughs) all across (laughs) the locker room and she's saying words that are like unintelligible like she's just like "Eh, yeah right on it like yeah (laughs) babbling (laughs) but it's cute and it's really funny (laughs) 
Yeah, it is. And so he's like, he finds a Monsters, Inc. like duffel bag and he scoops the mess out of her with that bag. That was so funny to me. He <laughs> literally like scooped her up and zipped her inside this bag. After he scoops her up in the Monsters, Inc. bag, Sully goes back to the scare floor to try to put her back in the door. But he sees Randall there. So Randall comes out of her door and Randall sends the door back up into the conveyor system and Mike isn't able to put her back. So now Sully knows that Randall is involved somehow. So yeah, so now this is the point where Sully goes to the Harryhausen restaurant. So it's like a sushi style restaurant. They're eating eyeballs. There's an um, octopus <laughs> hibachi man with yes, little yes. seven, eight leg things. <laughs> Yes, yes. They're doing all of this romantic chatting. It's super cute. And of course, it gets ruined when Sully shows up. And because Sully is so big, he's like knocking over tables. He's just, <laughs> he's coming in like a, a bull in a china shop. <laughs> and Celia is pissed. You can hear the little rattlers on her hair <laughs> going. She's like getting really mad. And Sully like uses a, a menu to like hide their conversation. And he's like, I went to go get the paperwork. And Randall was there with the door. And my is automatically thinking like oh Randall is trying to cheat to like boost his scaring scores and Sully's like that's not the worst part you gotta look in the bag and Mike is like what bag and the bag grew legs and walked away (laughs) and he like screams like what is that (laughs) (laughs) yes and so we see that Boo is walking around with a bag on her hand and she throws the bag off and she gets behind one of the monsters who's taking a photo and some of the patients go crazy. And then she stands on top of the hibachi and says, boo. And all the monsters freaking lose, lose it. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like mass hysteria. hysteria. Like it's, <laughs> yes. Like they're going crazy. Celia gets swept out with the crowd. The little Chinese food boxes are freaking huge, big enough to fit a child inside of <laughs> noticed that i was like it's humongous yes like the food that was on the table didn't look that big (laughs) like but i guess if they have the big monsters that need larger orders (laughs) they need takeout boxes so they put her inside a chinese food box which is very funny she gets carried in a lot of things in this (laughs) a lot of different objects (laughs) they're able to get out of the restaurant with her inside this chinese food box and Celia ends up getting manhandled by the CDA because, of course, they show up because there is a literal child in the restaurant and the CDA, the Child Detection Agency, has to be en route. And they manage to escape, but the whole restaurant gets decontaminated. And it's like <laughs> giant dome. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, that is the beginning of basically the main conflict of the story, right? So there's a human child who, of course, is believed to be toxic and deadly in this monster universe. And now everybody knows. On top of that, a Monsters, Inc. bag gets left behind inside the restaurant, which connects the child's appearance to the company. And Mike and Sully's careers are at risk. And Monsters, Inc. is at risk as well because they allowed a child to come through into the monster world world so that's the major conflict of this story like we have to figure out what to do with this kid and make sure that Mike and Sully aren't too damaged in the process so in the next scene we see that it has already made the nightly news and the funniest part of this is of course the witness accounts of what happened at the (laughs) restaurant do you remember what some of them said 
they just make stuff up like she was shooting lasers out of her eyes and i can't remember what the other things were but it was just one compl- of them picked me up and shook me like a dog like a dog yeah that was a, <laughs> completely outlandish like did not happen but when guys like yeah i saw it you, you did you did not see that you're lying yes that is actually literal mass hysteria like believing things <laughs> that didn't happen yeah it was freaking crazy like they're literally losing their minds So unfortunately, we're not able to see the rest of the news story because Boo knocks over their TV. (laughs) This girl is destroying their apartment. She's very curious and adventurous and nosy. (laughs) Yes. And so, of course, Mike and Sully are freaking out because they have a human child in their apartment who, again, they believe to be toxic. They're wearing things to guard themselves. Like oven mitts and (laughs) they're using a broom. It's hilarious. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And now this part is actually part of the toxicity I was talking about earlier. She sneezes in Mike's eye. <laughs> now that's nasty. Yeah. <laughs> and he sprays himself with disinfectant in the eye. Was, I remember laughing as a kid. That was a good part. <laughs> Yes, yes. But she was just being a curious kid. And there's a part where Mike has a stuffed animal that looks like him. And it's called Little Mike. And Sully offers it to her. And Mike has had enough. And he's like, no, nobody touches Little Mikey. (laughs) And because she gets a stuffed animal like taken from her, she starts screaming and crying which causes like a weird power surge in their apartment. And so the lights are kind of flickering back and forth and the helicopters notice this and shine the lights on them. And they're like, okay, we need to get her to stop before somebody figures out that she's here. And so (laughs) Sully starts singing a weird song not even a, a song he's just saying words oh he's a happy bear and we don't want to get caught <laughs> so they're gonna find us and we'll be banished and you know just and so she likes the little song and she tries to grab the bear and she touches sully and he's like ah she touched me and so she's crying again and Mike is like, okay, I'll have to do this myself. He ends up tripping and falling into a trash can. And she thinks that's hilarious. And she is laughing and screaming. And all of the lights go out. (laughs) (laughs) The lights go completely out. The power's not working anymore. Some of the bulbs burst, everything. And they're like, what the heck was that? And of course, that's important for later. But what do you think about this scene where Boo is just like destroying their house? It's funny. She's like, oops. And she knocks over the TV and then she's pulling out CDs and they're just trying to, he's spraying everything with disinfectant after she touches it. And it's just really (laughs) funny. When he gets the, when he falls into the trash can and then like this thing drops on his head, I remember cracking up as a kid. So I was like, boo. I was like, that is hilarious. And I enjoyed that. (laughs) Yes. Children have a sick sense of humor when it comes to people getting hurt. Yeah. They do. So there's a, a point where, first off, why do Sully and Mike have crayons in their house? That's, <laughs> I don't know. I haven't had crayons in my house in ages. If a child came over, there would be nothing for them to do but play with the dog. <laughs> no child related activities. But they give her crayons and they are throwing pieces of cereal oh, in her mouth. <laughs> I love it. She's like, ah, opening her mouth and you're just like flicking it at her. <laughs> 
I guess. But she's drawing little pictures or whatever. And there's a picture that she draws of herself and Kitty. And this is the first time. Well, she calls Sully Kitty. I'm assuming she thinks that he's cat like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because she can't really compare him to anything else. And so she holds up the picture for him to see. And this is the first time of him kind of not seeing her as just like a little toxic weirdo in his house. Like mm-hmm. he actually sees that she may have some emotions or whatever. And then, of course, she starts to get tired while Mike is trying to dream up things for them (laughs) to do besides dig a tunnel and release her into the wild. (laughs) He has the job. Sully has the job of putting her to bed. Now, this part was funny to me because he brought out a piece of newspaper and dumped out a bunch of cereal on the floor. So this child (laughs) lay in a pile of cereal and fall asleep. (laughs) But instead, of course, (laughs) yes, right. It's just so funny. And instead, she hops in the bed because like monsters and children both have beds and it's bedtime. Like I'm getting in this huge ginormous bed. And he's like, no, you're going to get your germs everywhere. Get out of here. And she's like, nah, like this is my bed now. (laughs) So cute. And yes, yes. And then we find out that she, of course, is scared of the closet. And Sully's like, what are you talking about? (laughs) As if his job is not to come out of Kim's closet. (laughs) Yeah, completely wasn't aware of himself in that moment. (laughs) Yes, not at all. And then what's so funny is that she holds up the picture of Randall. And Randall looks like a checkmark. I don't know why that picture was so funny. And he's like, oh, that looks like Randall. Randall's your monster. Okay. And he shows her there's no monster in here. Oh, well, there is now. But nobody's going to come out and scare you. And so he ends up deciding to sit in front of the door of the closet until she falls asleep. And so it takes her a minute, but finally she kind of like passes out on the bed. And Sully is starting to realize that she's just like a sweet little child. Mm-hmm. and She's not like a little vicious human like everybody said she was. And once Sully kind of realizes that, he's like, why don't we just put her back in her door? Like he's talking to Mike and... Mike is like, oh, we can't just put her back in the door. Like, of course, all of his elaborate schemes are not going to work. He's like, what are we going to do? Just waltz up to the Monster Zeke with the kid and put her back in her door. It's not going to work. So they take some of his chair fabric and like a mop and some lamps and make a little makeshift costume for her to wear. (laughs) Yeah. Which is super cute. She also has little tentacles and suction cups, which is cute, too. And they literally waltz up to Monsters, Inc. with her in her costume. And then they get the surprise of their life when they see that the CDA, the Child Detection Agency, is every freaking where. And they have little child detection gadgets. And because the bag, the Monsters, Inc. bag was at the restaurant, of course, they're investigating at Monsters, Inc. So now it's not going to be as easy for them to just kind of put her back in the door. Let me see. Okay, and so because Boo is like a ninja child, she escapes from them once again and goes right up to Mr. Waternoose. <laughs> First off, he's the scariest monster in this movie. I would never go straight up to she him. She does not care. She only cares about Randall, but everybody else is exciting and amazing looking to her. Yes, and her little suction cups get stuck on his little claw. <laughs> and they're like, oh, it's bringing an obscure relative to work today. <laughs> and they end up getting like... There's some child detection that goes on and they end up getting other people attacked (laughs) because they're picking up her presence. And of course, it's bad, but they end up getting away with it. And Mr. Waternoose reminds Sully of the little scare demonstration that he has to do later, which, of course, becomes important later on in the movie. 
So next we are in the locker room. Mike slips away to get the door key for Boo. And we see that Boo has to pee. (laughs) Now, little children have tiny bladders. Yes. She has been with them overnight. How did they not recognize? She should have peed that bed, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. She definitely should have peed the bed. Or because they're into odorant, they didn't realize that she smelled like (laughs) I didn't think about that. That's terrible. (laughs) It is terrible. It is. Yes. But she does this little dance and they realize she has to pee. This is one of my favorite parts of the movie from a child. She is going to the toilet or whatever and she's singing while she's on the toilet. That is so funny to me. She's not really saying any words. Just no. like la 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 la. I don't know some little yes. thing she has. Doing. Yeah. Just just saying nothing. <laughs> and so Sully is like, "Hey, are you finished?" And she's like, "No." <laughs> he tries to open the door when she's not finished, and she sings some more, and then finally flushes the toilet. And Sully's like, "Okay, it sounds like you're done." He opens the door and she is gone. She's not in the stall anymore. He's literally looking down the toilet. She's like, trying to figure out. She got flushed or something. <laughs> yes. Flushed away. Yes. I'm, I didn't care for that movie. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, of course, because she's a ninja child, she pops up somewhere else. And so they decide to start playing this game of hide and seek. And so this is like another bonding moment for them for you know, slowly to realize that she's just like a little child who enjoys, you know, the fun pleasures of like being a small child and playing hide and seek and all that kind of stuff. He's like recognizing that she is not a vicious gremlin. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty cute. She's like really quick. He's like, I got you. And then she's like all the way on the other side of the bathroom. (laughs) He's like, how the heck did you do that? (laughs) Yes. Yeah, she's good. She might have the same powers as well. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there's a part that I really like during this scene because when, when, (laughs) when Sully is looking for Boo, there's a part where he thinks he knows where she is and he opens the stall door really fast and she's not there and i'm like if he opened that door real fast and she was there he would have knocked the mess out of her (laughs) he just opened it so fast (laughs) it's like oh you you can't do that like she just would have been crushed okay i don't know why that's so funny to me but we see that mike is trying to get the door key from Roz, and he's like hey Roz, i need a little favor there was a door here yesterday that randall was using after hours and i really need the key to that door and Roz is like "Mm, you ain't turning your paperwork and mike is like oh i mean i didn't i didn't turn in the paperwork and Roz is like "Mm, we're closed for business and she closes the metal door on his fingers (laughs) and Mike Wazowski does this yell that's funny. I feel like people don't scream like this. <laughs> but he's like, yeah. He screams like that a lot. <laughs> yes, like it's a little strange. So when Mike comes back to the locker room, we see that Sully's playing hide and seek with Boo. And he was not even close. Mike was like, where's the kid? And he's like, oh, we hide, playing hide and seek. And he's like, you lost the kid <laughs> already. I was only gone for a few minutes. And then Boo comes running out of nowhere, literally not even close to where Sully was looking for her. 
And she's whining because here comes Randall. And so they hear Randall's voice and they're like, oh, we got to hide in the stall. So all three of them go into a single stall and they climb up on a toilet and they're listening to Randall and his flunky, whose name is Fungus. (laughs) And so we get a little more insight into what Randall was doing with Boo's door after hours. And so Mike's foot ends up (laughs) dropping into the toilet And Randall becomes suspicious, but Randall's assistant, Fungus, mentions a child. So Randall starts searching the stalls, but he gets interrupted. And we find out that Randall was after the child and there's something to do with the machine. And Randall is just upset. And he's like, I need to know where that child went or who let that child out. And they almost get caught, but they don't. And once (laughs) Randall and Fungus leave, it sounds like Mike falls into the toilet. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, and boo. Yeah, she's like, ew. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes, because it's absolutely gross. (laughs) Yes. And so we see that Mike has toilet paper on his foot Mm -hmm. and they're like, we need to go to the scare floor. Mike lies about getting her card key because he's just ready to be done with it. Okay, he steals a random key and the door comes down and the door looks nothing like the door that she came from. And we see Sully's like, that's not her door. That's not Boo's door. And Mike is like, who's Boo? <laughs> He's like, that's what I named her, Boo. He was like, you can't name. You're starting to get attached. <laughs> like, you can't name the kid, okay? And you hear polka music coming through the door. <laughs> and he's like, no, this is not what we're doing right now. So, let me see. Oh, this is <laughs> this is where Mike says, put that thing back where it came from or so help me. <laughs> I say this all the time to this day. Put that thing back where it came from or so help me. I say it all the time. It's hilarious. <laughs> it is hilarious because they're, they're arguing and it starts to draw the attention of the other people who are on the scare floor. And so they have to play it off. And he's like, oh, we're studying for a play. Put that thing back where it came from or so help me. Bum, and they're, bum, you know, <laughs> doing it. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah, they're doing it as a, a little play style. And while they're doing this, they lose track of Boo again. She's slippery. Again. So, <laughs> yes, Boo slips away again. And while they're trying to go after her, they bump into Randall. And Randall asks about the kid. And at the same time, or around the same time, Mike is able to get Randall off their case. He's like, hey, like, look at the guy with the shifty eyes. Like, he might know something. <laughs> <laughs> and so Mike gets confronted by Celia at this really unfortunate time. And Celia is like, I can't believe you ruined, you know, our date night like that. And Celia got hurt. You can see that her and the snakes in her hair all have have these cones around their necks <laughs> like Celia was like that's the worst date I ever been to like why would you do this why would you take me out for sushi and then abandon me whatever whatever so when she says sushi that brings Randall's attention back to him and Randall takes a look at the newspaper article that has a picture of the child and he can see Mike Wazowski in the picture so now he's able to connect Mike to the child so that was really unfortunate the CDA they're rough like she had cones and bruises and freaking tossed her around I don't know what they did to her that's crazy (laughs) yeah yeah that was nuts and so uh, Mike Oh, the Randall does. I think this is my probably the creepiest thing Randall did in the movie where he camouflages into a painting yeah. <laughs> of Mr. Water News. And he confronts Mike and he says, like, I know you were at the sushi restaurant. Like, what's going on with the kid? I know you know where the kid is. And basically he threatens Mike and he's like, OK, on the 30 minute lunch break, 
I'm going to put the kid's door in my station. You're going to put her back in the door. And this never happened. And he's, you know, threatening him with physical harm. Randall actually is like pretty scary. The camouflage thing, like not being able to see your enemy. It's hard. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. It's actually like pretty tough. And later in Monsters University, we learned that Randall was Mike's roommate in college. Mm -hmm. So they do have some history. So, yeah. So while Mike is caught up with Randall, Sully is still following Boo and he sees her hop into a trash can Mm -hmm. and he gets accosted by some of the CDA agents for an autograph. So while he's not paying attention, she hops out of the trash can. But one of her eyeballs that they made for her is stuck in the trash and the two little weirdos who we met earlier (laughs) the ones that were admiring sully actually dumped the trash down the trash compactor (laughs) and sully sees the eyeball go down the trash compactor and he literally gets traumatized by watching this trash get like chopped and stomped and rolled (laughs) i remember as a kid being thought that was so funny like the little faces he's making he's like passing out and he's like oh yes i used to crack <laughs> up at that part that was so funny yes he's like really freaking out because he believes that she is being destroyed in this trash <laughs> compactor and all the trash gets pounded into a neat little block and he picks up the block and walks around with it and he's just so distressed but we see that the actual boo finds a group of kids i'm assuming this is some type of like corporate daycare <laughs> i don't know why there's a bunch of kids here at this workplace but whatever so mike tries to find sully we see that there's another 2319 with george (laughs) because george's locker was the one that got stuffed with all of the stuff from from the toilet that sully tried to flush so this is his second time getting 2319 by his assistant (laughs) that's really unfortunate they couldn't shave him again because his hair hadn't grown back so i'm assuming this time was probably worse (laughs) Yeah, so we see that Mike finds Sully with the garbage cube. And he's like, where's the kid? <laughs> and the little the little eyeball thing falls out of the garbage cube. And Mike is like, oh, snap. <laughs> and he says, I can still hear her little voice. And then we hear Mike Wazowski. And Mike's like, oh, I can hear her too. What the heck? <laughs> yeah. And then there's another voice that says, Mike Wazowski. And he's like, how many kids you got in here? <laughs> I thought that was really funny. That was hilarious. But we see that she's with the kids group and she has all of them saying Mike Wazowski. I also say like that. Like over and over again. I also say that to this yes. day. Mike Wazowski. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the kids group is nearby and Sully was just so scared and so happy to see her. He's like, don't ever run away from me again. And the lady who's like the teacher or whoever, the person who's watching the kids is like, oh, what a kind, affectionate father. And uh, Mike, of course, is not into it. He's like, you know, we need to get her back at her door. We need to get out of here. And one of the little kids is like, Mike Wazowski. And he was like, yeah, yeah, whatever, kid. (laughs) And the kid bites him. (laughs) The kid bites him and Boo thinks that's funny and she laughs and she destroys the lights. So all the little kids are freaking out because the lights are out and they, they're still not understanding what's going on here. But they're like, we need to get the heck out of here. So Sully, Boo and Mike head back to the scare floor because it's lunchtime right now. And Sully doesn't understand what's going on. He's like, how did you get her door? And they get there and Mike mentions Randall's name. And he's like, hold on, you got her door from Randall? No, I don't trust this. 
And Boo doesn't trust it either. Boo is like scared. And so Mike goes into the room. He goes through the door into Boo's room to show that it's safe. He's like hopping on the bed. He's like, look, it's safe. But he ends up getting captured by Randall. This is another time somebody else got scooped up. They be getting scooped up in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> he got scooped up and captured by Randall and gets placed inside this little compartment that makes it look like he's just carrying a bunch of those canisters that they use to capture the screams. And he's basically like about to wheel him away when Boo makes a noise and Randall of course has to do his invisibility thing to start looking around to see like who's in the room but fortunately the lunch break is over and they follow Sully and Boo follow Randall and Mike into like a little secret compartment or secret room and (laughs) Boo ends up finding the secret compartment Sometimes it's useful to have like a curious little child (laughs) always around it in the area. So they find the little area and we see that fungus and Randall think that the kid needs to lose some weight. But out of the box comes Mike Wazowski. And they're like, Mike, what the heck are you doing here? (laughs) And Mike, of course, still thinks that they're trying to influence their own scare numbers so that they can beat the scare record. And Randall is like, "Mm -mm, nope. It's not what we're doing anymore. And he's like, I'm going to revolutionize the scaring industry. Okay, so Randall basically reveals their true motive. He plans to revolutionize the scaring industry. And there's this large, weird machine that has a bunch of canisters hooked up to something that looks like a vacuum. Randall calls it the Scream Extractor. And so Sully has to jump into action because Randall is basically (laughs) trying to bribe information out of Mike regarding where the child is. Like, you need to tell me where the child is. I'm going to use this machine on you. So Sully unplugs the machine and Randall starts following the wires that, you know, send power to the machine. And Mike is like trying to bribe fungus or whatever. And Sully manages to switch Mike and fungus and... (laughs) The machine gets plugged back in. And by the time Randall comes back, the machine is sucking the life out of fungus. You see what it does to him. Like he's drained of like all his color. And I was like, this is sick. They've been doing this to children. They're going to put this little four-year-old, three-year-old girl and just suck the life out of her. This is terrible. It's like very twisted. Yes, it's already bad that you're like going in people's houses and scaring kids. Right. (laughs) That's already messed up. But to kidnap them into a new universe, like you never know what's going on. If there's, for instance, this is something, of course, they didn't address in the movie. But say there was an emergency or whatever, and there was a fire in the house, right? And while the child is kidnapped, the fire happens and the parents go to the bedroom of the child and they're not there. And they, instead of getting out of the house, they're still looking all over the house to find this child. It's actually a pretty dangerous situation. (laughs) Like for a parent to look in their child's room and the child just not be there. They just totally don't care. Why would you kidnap a child? Right. That's also what made me think like, where does Boo's parents think she is this whole time? Because she's been with them for like at least a day, like a night and a day. And I'm like, is the world, the monster time same as the human time? Because she's been gone <laughs> for some yes, time. Yes. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's another piece that I thought about too. Like, is time the same? Does it happen the same? I don't freaking know. They never address that. But no. it's, yeah, this is actually a pretty nefarious plan. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, so Fungus is able to point out which direction they went. And uh, Sully and Mike and Boo are headed out of Monsters, Inc. 
and Mike is saying like we can start a new life like <laughs> we, <laughs> we need to get out of here we need to start over and he's like goodbye Monsters Inc goodbye Mr. Waternoose and when he brings up Mr. Waternoose Sully is like oh like we can take this to the top like he needs to know what's going on and he remembers about the scare demonstration and so the scare demonstration is going on and he of course gets looped into showing his scare tactics right like uh, how he would scare a child and boo ends up following him not realizing what's about to happen and sully roars right in front of boo and like scares the mess out of him to the point where she's afraid of him now and she ends up falling backwards revealing in front of mr waternoose that she is indeed the child so Sully is actually really upset by how much he scared Boo and he's able to look on some of like the replay screens and see himself like how scary he looks to her and how afraid she is so I think for the first time he's realizing that like this isn't just a job where I go in and scare children like I'm literally scarring these kids (laughs) scarring them for life I think that there's probably kids in therapy talking about like this blue and purple monster. (laughs) People probably think they're crazy, but I mean, like at some point, everyone has to put this together. Like you've been seeing monsters. (laughs) You've been seeing monsters. I don't know. So what's funny? It's not funny. (laughs) I feel like by justifying that children are these toxic, crazy creatures with superpowers. I can justify scaring them because they are not like beings with feelings. Right. And so that, because I was saying that could be a part of it of like why they are doing it. Right. And so now because he's experiencing that children have feelings and that type of thing, I think he's his whole self vision of like being a scarer and what it means to actually scare and scar a child is really like damaging to him. He's like, oh, I can't believe that I've been doing this to other children. So while Sully is getting this realization while all this is happening, we see that Mike is informing the whole plot and the secret lab and all of that stuff to Mr. Waternoose. And Mr. Waternoose is like, does anybody else know about this? And they're like, no. And he's like, great. Like, we got to make sure that the child is taken care of. We're going to set the record straight. We're going to, you know, get her door or whatever. So the door shows up and it's a metal door and Randall appears out of nowhere and they end up getting pushed through the door and they get stuck in the Himalayas. <laughs> so they find out that Randall actually was working with Waternoose all along and they get banished to the human world. And Mike is pissed. <laughs> Mike is so mad. He's like, I cannot believe that we went back for this. <laughs> we were about to escape Monsters, Inc. and go off and live a new life with our new pet human (laughs) and (laughs) you had to go back and get Mr. Waterdoose and he was working with him all along and I think Mike understood the gravity of the situation in a way that Sully didn't Sully was still like in his little feelings about like what's going to happen to Boo and like I disappointed her and I scared her and I scarred her or whatever and Mike is like my career is over and I can't go back and see Celia anymore he was like I'm pissed off and so Mike gets so mad that he ends up pushing Sully and they roll down the mountain in the snow and they get approached by the abominable snowman 
who actually is quite pleasant <laughs> and not really abominable. <laughs> <laughs> that, like, I recall from, like, the beginning of the, the movie where they were first going into work, they said that, like, the abominable man, the Loch Ness monster, and they got banished. And I was like, oh, that's a cool way to explain, like, you know, mythical monsters that people know of. So I thought that was a little interesting little detail they did. And then you see the abominable man. So it's cool. Yeah, yeah, that is cool. It's always nice to see like a connection between this fantasy world and things that we understand or like know in our own actual world. Mm -hmm. And so he offers them a little bit of shelter and like a little snow cave. He offers them yellow snow cones and Mike is suspicious. (laughs) Yeah, that's (laughs) He's like, no, it's lemon. (laughs) And Sully is like distraught. He's so sad about how Boone looked at him and like worried about her. And we also hear that Bigfoot got banished. And (laughs) when Bigfoot got banished, he went crazy and like wore a poison ivy diaper on his head. And the abominable snowman was basically like, you know, it's great that you all got banished together. That's like the ideal situation. And Mike is like, "Uh uh-uh, we're not friends. Like Mike (laughs) is just so mad about being banished because of Sully and Boo. And the abominable snowman mentions that there's a village and it's like a three day hike to get down there, but there's a blizzard and like, you never go out in a blizzard. And Sully is like, boo is in danger. Like we have to get down there. So he sees there's some materials and he starts fashioning a sled to get down the mountain faster. And Mike just starts throwing snowballs at him. And the abominable <laughs> snowman has to like, make sure that he doesn't get blamed for the snowballs. And he points to Mike. He's like, no, he threw up, not me. <laughs> So Mike is like worried about his career and being banished and that he won't get to see the love of his life again and his career is over. And he's like, we've been friends for years. Does any of that matter to you? You can see like Mike is actually really sad and upset. And Sully is just so worried about Boo. I think Mike didn't feel important to him in that moment. And Sully's like, we have to get back there. Like, I'm so sorry about this, but I'm really worried about Boo. And we just need to go down and get her. And Micah's like, what you talking about? We, there is no more we. So their friendship is freaking over. Arabia, would you end a friendship over being banished to the Himalayas? I mean, realistically, yes, you live in this world. You, I'm okay, we're on earth. And next thing you know, we're banished to like Pluto. And I've never been there before. I don't know how to work. We're scared of humans. We don't know what they're like. I would be mad too when I've been trying to fix the situation. And you haven't been listening to me and nothing. You made us go back after we almost left. And now I can't see my family, the love of my life. Like that's like a big change. So I would be mad too. Yeah, I would be super mad as well i'm trying to think if i would want to have a friend in banishment more than like cut off the friendship and have to deal with it alone i don't know but i feel like he's justified (laughs) in ending their friendship i think i'd be mad for a while but let's like stick together and figure out how we're gonna survive in some brand new universe with creatures we never really been around (laughs) yeah and the abominable snowman like he was real nice to them but he was like a little too much i don't know if i want to stick around (laughs) (laughs) he he was like excited he doesn't really talk to no one else so i I imagine he was happy to have some guests (laughs) himalayas that's true that's true (laughs) (laughs) that is true the abominable snowman is voiced by the Oh, I forgot his name. I just remember. But he voices a character in like every Pixar movie, this guy. Yeah. Was he the pig in Toy Story? Yeah, he's the pig in Toy Story. Mm-hmm. And Bugs, was John something, like, I think. Roethlisberger or something okay, like that. Okay, yes. That sounds rightish. Yeah, he voices someone in Bugs Life. 
He's like in every Pixar movie, pretty pretty much. Yeah. He has a, a character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is. So Sully fashions the sled. He goes down the mountain in a blizzard and ends up crashing. But he crashes near the village in Nepal, and he hears the local children screaming from being scared. That's pretty traumatizing. But anyways, <laughs> he ends up going through one of the doors and it happens to be George's door. <laughs> Again, George is the one that's been getting 2319. <laughs> and when Sully like forces his way out of the door, there's another sock that gets placed onto George's body. And George's assistant is about to 2319. <laughs> but George takes the sock, stuffed it in his assistant's mouth and throws him into the door and walks away like proud of himself. <laughs> He's like, I'm not He's like, you're not going through this again. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Like you get 2319. You put a sock in it. And <laughs> you deal with it. So we see Mr. Waternoose and Randall are arguing. They're in the little secret tunnel or whatever. And Mr. Waternoose is like, I had to ban my top scarer because of you. And you're half the scarer that he was. And Randall is like, with this new invention, we don't need top scarers. We can just suck the screams right out of children. And I don't know if children would survive that. Right. I'm like, what happens to them? Have they, they've already tested this. So they know. So I I don't think they tested it. I think Boo was supposed to be the test child. Okay. I was like, do they know? I felt like they like knew it worked. I don't know. But it was like, what's going to happen to them after it gets, this little three-year-old goes, gets sucked by a machine. Because the monster yeah. didn't even, didn't look too good. <laughs> and that's a monster. The fungus guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So Sully makes his way back to the secret layer. And he destroys the machine right when they're about to use it on Boo. He breaks it. He gets her key card and unfortunately Randall is able to use his invisibility to get the best of Sully and so he's beating the crap out of Sully because of course Sully cannot see him which is basically he's sucker punching (laughs) (laughs) sucker punching him and then Mike shows up out of no freaking wear and like throws another one of the snow cones at Sully and first off where the heck did Mike come from I don't know. I was like, how did he follow him and know where exactly to go? Because he was with the snow, the abominable snow band (laughs) when he left. Right. And they just don't explain things like this (laughs) sometimes. But not only does Mike show up, he shows up with a number of snowballs and he starts explaining himself. But he does not realize that Sully is being beat up by Randall right now. And Boo is like trying to... <laughs> Sully's like, I'm being attacked. And Mike is like, No, I'm not attacking you. <laughs> it's like, it's working into the conversation. And Mike is just really oblivious that Sully is literally being hurt by Randall and is being choked out. And Boo is like, Hey, like he's literally getting attacked. And Mike is just not paying attention. And he's like, Are you not listening to me? He throws the snowball and it lands on Randall's face. And Sully's actually able to see him and punch him. And they're able to escape. But I thought that was a cute little scene. Mike came back for him and was able to explain his side of the story. And I think Mike even reveals that he cares about Boo in this little monologue as well. Mm-hmm. I was like, find some paint, throw something on him. I'm over here trying to coach Sully while he's getting beat up. <laughs> yes, he was really struggling a lot. And so, <laughs> so all <laughs> This part is funny to me. So all three of them, Boo, Sully, and Mike are running because they need to get Boo to her door. Now that Mr. Waternoose and Randall all know what's going on, like 
Randall's basically on their tails and they're running through the hallway of Monsters Inc. And Celia comes out of nowhere and attacks Mike. (laughs) And she screams and jumps on him and she's like, what is going on? Like, you need to tell me the truth. So Mike gives her like the 10 second version of what's going on. And he's like, Randall and Mr. Waternoose are after us and they tried to kidnap a child and blah, 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 blah. And she's like, why are you lying to me? Mike Wazowski. And then Boo is like, Mike Wazowski. (laughs) And she sees that the child is actually with them. And she realizes that he's telling the truth. So while Randall is chasing them, Celia buys them a little time by saying that Randall broke the scare record. So he gets accosted by everyone on the scare floor and that gives them a little time. But unfortunately, it's not enough time. So they have to go through the conveyor system to get to Boo's door. I thought that this was a really cute part of the movie to show like the inner workings of the door storage system. It's huge. I don't know if I'm. Yeah, it's huge. Humongous and like very complicated to me. I was like, how do they figure all this out? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. But I thought it was super cute. And so it's like a large conveyor system and they're riding on a door that's like behind Boo's door and Boo is excited this is like a roller coaster to her and so she's screaming like out of like this exhilaration but some of the doors are turning on from her screaming so the doors end up getting sorted and Randall comes to find them and um he's like you need to make her laugh so this door will come on and Mike snaps his eyelid (laughs) and she thinks it's funny so the door turns on and they're able to get through the door and close it right in Randall's face and he smashes up against it. so they're using the doors as portals to get from one door to another and we see them stop at a few different places like hawaii japan and paris and randall is of course following them and they close the door on him and they're thinking that they're getting away but randall sneaks up and grabs boo and drops the door that they're holding on to to the ground and they're just able to get inside the door and get back to the factory through another door And Sully goes after Randall and Boo. And unfortunately, he makes too much noise. And Randall takes her inside of a door and does this sneak attack thing where Sully is like hanging off the edge of the room like Mufasa. (laughs) 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 And he's hanging on by just like a few little fingers. And Randall is doing his little evil monologue where he's about to like, you know, do that thing where Scar (laughs) pushes Mufasa off the edge of that cliff. And Boo decides, I've had enough. And she attacks him in one of my favorite scenes (laughs) in the movie. (laughs) She jumps on his back. She grabs his little antennas. I don't know what to call them, like on the top of his head. She beats him with a bat and he, you know, camouflages into different patterns every time she hits him. And she basically overcomes her fear. And Sully's able to pull himself up and grab Randall and say she's not scared of you anymore so that's another like little cute thing that happened in this movie she overcame her fear of the monster in her closet okay yes another one of my favorite parts of this movie they open a door (laughs) and they throw randall inside and they destroy the door (laughs) and unfortunately he pops up the door belongs to a kid who lives in like a swampy region which is probably in louisiana and the kid is like hey mom another gator got in the house and she's like come here gator and starts attacking him (laughs) another gator give me that shovel (laughs) and so she starts beating the crap out of randall and it's funny because you can hear the kid saying get that gator (laughs) 
It's hilarious. Randall's obviously not a gator. <laughs> I mean, what else would you call him? I wouldn't know what to think either. Something is in here. <laughs> I don't know, he looks like a salamander or a newt or something. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, but he's way too big. So Randall ends up getting beat up. And that's the last we see of him. And Boo gives him a little piece of her mind as the door gets destroyed. So they eventually find Boo's door and they're getting ready to send her off, but the power is out. And so (laughs) Mike tries to make her laugh, but her hood was up and she didn't see it. So Mike basically hurt himself for no reason. And Boo is like unhappy and she's not laughing and her arms are crossed. She's like, no, I'm not into it. And her door ends up getting transported. And we see that Mr. Waternoose is about to throw Mike and Sully under the bus for this whole kid fiasco, saying, like, when this door gets here, you're going to see the criminals that are responsible for all of this. So the CDA is surrounding the door and they're like, come out with the child. And so Mike comes out with the costume and he throws a sock on one of the agents to 2319 him. And he distracts them in one direction while Sully and Boo run in a different direction. So Waternoose sees what's going on and he's like, y'all are going the wrong way. And he starts chasing them in the scariest scene in this movie. (laughs) There's a part where they turn a corner and Mr. Waternoose is chasing them and he turns a corner and his legs go up on the wall. Yeah. (laughs) That was so freaky. (laughs) And he is literally chasing them down the hall. And he's like, give me that kid back. I'm not going to, you know, see this business go down in flames or whatever. And Sully installs her door in the training room. Sully puts her in her bed. And Mr. Waternoose comes in. And he's upset. And Sully is like, she's home now. Can you leave her alone? He's like, no, I'll kidnap a thousand children before I let this company die. And I'll silence anyone who gets in my way. And then we find out that it's actually a simulation. And they now have video evidence of his confession of his nefarious plan to kidnap children and extract their screams. And so the CDA takes him into custody. And Waternoose says that Monsters, Inc. is dead. He does this weird gaslighting thing and basically says, Sully, you ruined my plan. And now the energy crisis is on your head. Mm -hmm. (laughs) How can you just blame Sully for all of this? This was your plan. This is your business. Like, you needed to come up with a new alternate fuel source and you (laughs) didn't do it. Kidnapping was all you had. (laughs) Terrible. Yes. Right. And earlier in the story, we hear that Mr. Waternoose is actually a third generation owner of Monsters, Inc. So this is his literally his family business. Yeah. So after that, we see that the CDA agent number one wants to talk to them. And Roz is actually a CDA agent. She was undercover for two and a half years. Were you expecting that, Arabia? No, because they had been kind of mentioning number one throughout the movie, the other agents. Like, we, number one's going to see this or some, is going to want to see this. And I'm like, oh, I don't know who that is. But then she comes. And I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> Deep cover. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. She definitely has the spirit of a person who does paperwork. Oh. So I can <laughs> never imagine her being like a secret CDA agent. So like I said, she was undercover for two and a half years. And they suspected that there was some like you know, foolery or tomfoolery going around, but they never would have known that it went up as high as Mr. Waternoose. So Roz calls for the door shredder and she's like, we got to send the kid back. And Sully, of course, is really sad, but Roz gives them five minutes to say goodbye. And so 
Mike says goodbye to her and gives her a hug and he actually calls her boo. I think this might be the only time he actually called her that. Yeah. And you can tell that he's actually going to miss her, even though he was quite mean to her. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, quite standoffish for like the whole movie. So you can tell that he's actually going to miss her. And she goes to her room and you can see that she's so happy to be home and she brings Sully in to play with her toys. And of course, there are a bunch of Easter egg toys Mm -hmm. in her room. Can you name any Arabia? Any toys that you recognize? It was Jesse and then there was Nemo Mm -hmm. and there was like the ball, the like the Pixar Mm -hmm. ball. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which was cool. Yeah. So, of course, they always like to put those little Easter eggs in there. And so... Yeah, you can see her like inviting him into her room and playing with the toys. And Boo finally is basically saying like, oh, well, Sully tells her there's nothing else that's going to come through and scare you in the closet. So she says goodbye to Kitty and they give each other hugs. And it's really sad. Like this was actually really sad for me to watch as a kid. Depressing. Oh, one of the most depressing scenes. Like the music that plays and you're like, you need to raise Spoo. Take her and raise her as your own. (laughs) That's what you want. (laughs) Yes. You know how crazy that would be for her to be stuck in the monster world? Like when she hits puberty and starts her period. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that would have been nuts. But that's what I was thinking as a kid. I was like, you deserve to be with her. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, another thing that I never thought about is like maybe there was a language barrier. Mm. Because... If Boo grew up, she doesn't have language skills. She hardly said real words in the movie. Yeah. Would she sound like a monster? (laughs) (laughs) When she was growing up? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That would have been a weird, weird story. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Had they raised her. But yeah, it was really sad. And he ends up leaving and closing the door behind them. And of course, Boo goes to open the door and it's just her closet and he's gone. And she's like, Kitty, you're like, oh my gosh, this is so sad. (laughs) Yes. Extremely sad. Arabia, can you imagine being a child trying to get people to understand what you're talking about? (laughs) She can't even talk. And she's like, there's this big old fluffy cat that comes out of my closet that I had this adventure with and this a whole bunch of other crazy creatures like it'll just been like oh okay it was a dream you had you know they would have brushed it off and you're like I went on this big old expedition into something and no one believes me right I can even imagine her like being old enough to talk like maybe first grade mm-hmm. and being like do you guys remember that time I went missing for like a day <laughs> <laughs> and I was like on an adventure with this big monster and mm-hmm. <laughs> and her just like feeling gaslit because nobody believes what she's right. talking about. Like, it's okay. You dreamed that. That didn't happen. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, no, we, every day of your life has been accounted for. There's no way <laughs> that that happened to you. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, that would be freaking crazy. So anyways, Boo's door gets shredded and it's basically like it never happened. And the only thing that's left of her door is a single wood chip. And we see that water noose is in custody and unfortunately, basically everybody who works at this plant is out of a job because, yeah, this whole situation with the child getting into the monster universe and with the CEO being arrested for child endangerment <laughs> <laughs> and kidnapping and all of that stuff is just like, yeah, this business is not going to survive. And it's really funny because Mike is like, oh, we did what we came to do. We got her back in her door. She's gone. We got our lives back. And maybe the company 
doesn't exist anymore and hundreds of people are out of their jobs, but you know, it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> At least we had a few laughs. And then Sully, you know, gets an idea. And so the next thing we know, we see that we're in another child's, like a little black kid's asleep. And Mike is in this kid's room doing a comedy set. And the kid doesn't like like the first few jokes. The first few jokes don't land. And he's like, you know, oh, are you, you're in kindergarten, right? It was the best three years of my life. And the kid is like confused. You can tell the kid is like just woke up and does not know <laughs> just talking <laughs> what's happening. Green eye, one eye thing is in here. <laughs> yes, I think he, he's like, what the heck is happening? And he does another joke about him being the ball and dodgeball. <laughs> and then he has to do his closer, which he swallows a microphone and then does a huge burp and then the kid loves that joke of course and so he collects laughs in this mega canister that's probably like three or four times bigger than the other canisters where they were collecting screams and we see that Sully is the assistant now and Mike is like the star of the show and he basically meets his quota on the first kid of the day and we find out that laughter is 10 times more powerful than screams which is another nice little lesson from this mm-hmm. like you know laughter is more powerful than fear and then we see that <laughs> Sully and Mike are on the cover of a magazine which is called Business Shriek which is very funny <laughs> because there's Business Week in the real world okay. I thought that was hilarious and we see that the barcode, unfortunately, is covering up Mike Wazowski. And Celia's like, oh, I'm sorry, dear. And he's like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm on the cover of a magazine. <laughs> and I love that energy from him. Like, he does not let anything get him down. Right. That's, he's super happy. So we see that the working environment has changed dramatically. Like, there's lots of balloons and confetti. And the scarers have gone from being scary to being comedic. And the whole, like, place is like a new place to work but we see that sully is still kind of longing to like you know for his connection with boo he really misses her you can tell and so mike is like okay close your eyes and come with me i have a surprise for you and we see that mike has reassembled boo's door and that sully has the final piece of the door and when he puts the piece in the little red light comes back on and sully walks through the door And we hear Boo say, kitty. And that's the end of the movie. So he gets to see her again. How cool is that? It's really cool. I remember being like, oh my gosh, he he gets to to see Boo again. I'm like, I want to see them together. I want to see the next part. I used to always be like, what's the next part? Like, how are you going to just close it? And we don't see Boo, like they're hugging or something like that. I wanted to see that when I was little. Yeah, I always wondered, like, how much time has passed? Mm -hmm. Has she gotten bigger or older? If her voice sounded the same, so maybe she wasn't that much older, or maybe, like, no time passed at all, like, because the alternate universe (laughs) and, you know, the differences in the way time passes Mm -hmm. or whatever, so. She's like, I knew you were real. I knew it. (laughs) Yes. Mom! (laughs) (laughs) Come look. (laughs) Yes. So they get reunited, which is like a sweet way to end the movie. And at the end credits, we see Sully and Mike singing, I wouldn't have nothing if I didn't have you, which is a super cute song about friendship and whatnot. And this is one of the movies that has bloopers at the end. But when I was watching on Disney Plus, I didn't see the bloopers. I think I might have fast forwarded past them or something like that. I don't know. 
I didn't see them either, but I do remember they used to do that. I didn't see it either. I didn't keep watching, and eventually it was like trying to get me to watch Monster University, so it kind of mm-hmm. like went small. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one of the ones that I remember, one of the bloopers that I remember that I thought was pretty funny, the scene where he was throwing cereal at her. <laughs> and there was a, a blooper where he threw the cereal too far and she fell backwards. <laughs> trying to yes, okay, I do remember that. <laughs> Yeah, that was the one that I remembered the most. But I, oh, and also the one where they were walking in slowly. Oh, yeah. And they, when they were walking, they fall. They all fell. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like movies don't really have bloopers anymore like that, but it was really, really funny. And I don't know if you can see the bloopers on Disney Plus these days. If so, you need to fix that, Disney. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so that's the end of Monsters Inc. What are your final thoughts? Is the movie worth a rewatch and does it hold up today? It definitely is because I sat here and enjoyed it like I'd never seen it before. <laughs> I was laughing. I was, I knew it was going to happen. Of course, I still remembered all of that, but I was enjoying it. And it's like, oh, this is so good. And watching it and like the animation. I mean, obviously it's been like 22 years. So their animation has like ha- like higher quality, but it's still pretty good animation to like be for like so far away long ago. It's enjoyable. I think kids can still get some fun out of it and laugh and enjoy the story. I would show it to my kids in the future. And I think it's great to watch. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think it's definitely worth a rewatch and it for sure holds up. And I think even though this movie is over 20 years old, Mm -hmm. because it takes place in an alternate universe, I consider this movie to be like an evergreen movie. So like you could watch it at any point in time and kids would probably still get Mm -hmm. it. Like there's nothing in the movie that feels so tied to 2001 that like if you watch it in 2035, that it wouldn't make sense. Like, because it's its own universe, exists the way it is. So I think you can watch this movie at any time and still really enjoy it. I liked rewatching it, even as a 32-year-old woman. (laughs) I'm not ashamed to say that. (laughs) So (laughs) I think it's really funny. It's really sweet. It has, like, a great message about corporate greed and innovation. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) As a person who's into business that, you know, jives with what I'm into. (laughs) (laughs) And I even really liked Monsters University, which is, you know, the sequel slash prequel about how Sully and Mike met in college. We actually went to see that together. I do. I remember it. I remember sitting front row and breaking my neck because of the screen so (laughs) close. But it was really good and cool. And it added like new stuff, like how they learned to be scarers, how they met their friendship. And like there's like a whole like competition and there's like fraternities. It's also another good thing to watch after you watch this or before since it's a prequel. It didn't like some prequels were like, I know what happened. So it's not as good because you know what's going to happen. But this was like basically its own little story. So definitely yeah. enjoy yeah it. so you can watch monsters university too so that was 10 years ago did you that was came out in 2013 no. i thought it came out in 2017 <laughs> i thought i saw 13 when i looked it up or when it was on the screen let me double check 2013 jeez right that didn't seem like that long ago i can't remember i can remember that day so that's weird girl 10 years ago. Uh Uh-uh. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm getting old. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes. All right. Arabia, can you guess what the two scores Monsters, Inc. received from critics and regular folks on Rotten Tomatoes? If you had to guess, what score do you think that the critics gave Monsters, Inc.? Um, Let me see. The critics, I'm going to say a seven. And then for- Seven? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. 
Yeah. Okay. And what about regular people? Regular people, I'm gonna say like a nine. It's gonna. I feel like a lot of regular. Oh, you talking about out of ten, girl? It's out of a hundred percent. Try again. Oh, it was both. Oh, yeah. It's. it's, I'm thinking IMDb or like something else. My bad. Sorry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. No worries. No worries. (laughs) So for critics, I guess I'd be like seventy to like eighty percent, like seventy percent, and then for people, it'd be like ninety. 95. Okay, you were close on the second one. So the movie, well, actually, the movie received 96% from critics and 90% from regular people. So the critics actually rated it a little higher than regular folks. Oh, I thought that they might have like, sometimes they're funny critics. You just never know what they're going to enjoy. Girl, yeah, Rotten Tomatoes gets it wrong a lot of the time. But I feel like they got it right this time. That's like an A from regular people and critics. So Rotten Mm -hmm. Tomatoes, you got it right on this one. Doesn't happen very often. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, Arabia, do you have any other thoughts on this movie? I remember when I was little, I always still want like a sequel to see like Boo and Kitty again and like whatever they're going to do next. But when I'm older now, I'm thinking it's good. I think since they made the prequel, that was another way to delve back into the story, but it was fresh. And I don't, I think there is like a story they could tell with the sequel. It's not too far fetched, but I think the two of those two movies by themselves would be are pretty, pretty good. They don't need to mess with it anymore. Yeah. Disney has taken up this space of like redoing things that have already been done. And sometimes you just got to leave stuff alone. Yeah. <laughs> Monsters Inc. is like one of those things that they should definitely leave alone. They actually have a Monsters Inc. related series on Disney Channel about like a new scarer. It's kind of unrelated to Mike and Sully. So they've kind of continued it in that way. And you meet different characters and different people who work at Monsters Inc. But I feel like as far as the Mike and Sully story go, you just leave it alone. Don't don't bother with that okay it might be cute to see her as an adult or a parent in another pixar Mm -hmm. movie just to like connect her later on that might be cute but i know there's a theory i remember hearing a theory of like so when you when boo goes back to her room and you see her toys and you know she has jesse there's a theory that she's jesse's first owner because in like toy story 2 you found out that jesse had an owner but she gave her away and you hear that really sad song so Mm -hmm. there's a theory that boo was that person somebody (laughs) so i heard there's a theory they think that boo is that girl that gave her away when she got older which is cool they like to tie all these Mm -hmm. stories together but i was like oh that's plausible since she had it all it's not possible <laughs> the timeline is way off <laughs> but i mean it's this is something interesting to think about is their room even the same i don't remember what the girl's room <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> right <laughs> right people just be making stuff up just making connections where there are none yeah but i'm thinking they shouldn't do a, like a live action i don't want to see that how hard would that be yeah that's like hard I for mean, no reason I haven't watched any of the the only live action movie that I will say that like I really enjoyed was Jungle Book. Yeah, Jungle Book was really good and they did a good job. They haven't made any of the movies that have like a bunch of things that don't exist, but they are making Stitch. So I don't know how that's going to go. I mean, Lion King counts. But they are animals like animals are real. So it's easier to to like animate them to realness because they are. But a big old fluffy one eyed or a one eyed green thing making it look like real i don't know how that's gonna go if they tried i feel like that would be horrible it'd probably be like one of the do you remember the sonic fiasco they had uh, yeah when they had to redraw Sonic <laughs> because people hated it <laughs> yeah it's terrible it's like it's gonna be like terrifying like oh my gosh we didn't need to see this 
Yeah. Well, you know what? Thanks so much, you all, for listening to our review of Monsters, Inc. I want to say a special thanks to my sister and guest for today, Arabia. Thanks again for being here. You're welcome. Of course, I had a good time. I love talking about movies, especially childhood stuff. That's always like a nostalgic way to go back. Yes, yes. I really am so happy that you joined me here today. So next time... On Submedia Reviews, I'm going to be reviewing the 1999 hit movie, The Mummy, Ooh. featuring Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weiss. Peace out, home slices. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to Submedia Reviews. I hope you enjoyed our trip down memory lane just as much as I did. If you have any suggestions for movies or TV shows you'd like me to review next, or if you just want to share your thoughts on today's episode, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Pinterest at Submedia Reviews and on SubmediaReviews.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you have a moment, please leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your feedback helps me improve the show and spread the word to new listeners. So until next time, peace out, home slices. Home slices.